Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. I love today, Meg, because we have a really special guest and We like to use a whole bunch of different modalities to help us in this journey that we're on, and one of them is astrology. And we know that astrology goes way beyond what is your sign. (laughs) As you'll learn in today's fascinating episode with Donna Flood, our expert astrologer and spiritual counselor. Astrology is a tool that can help us understand and acknowledge who we truly are. Like really getting to know ourself is what gives us our power. And astrology is a wonderful tool that, well, you and I have used for a really long time. It's kind of like the cheat sheet of really impersonal (laughs) self-discovery. So I would love to share a little bit about our guest today, Donna Flood. Donna was born in Canada. She has dual citizenship, and I know that was really special for you to get. It was just in 2019? Uh, 2018. 2018. 2018, And so you've lived in Manhattan Beach with your three incredible daughters and wonderful husband for 18 years. Mm. And you, I I didn't know this about you, but you had your undergrad in sports science, kinesiology, Mm -hmm. but I guess in Canada they call it human kinetics. I had never heard of that before. Yeah. Okay. And you worked for 15 years in the health and fitness, focusing on disease and injury prevention, which, of course, we're all about prevention. Mm-hmm. And then in 1995, which is a really long time ago, is when you started your studies in evolutionary astrology and tarot reading, which yeah. I, I can't wait to talk about. And then in 2012, you earned your master's in spiritual psychology. And in 2014, you created this incredible blog called Unwrap Your Soul, Mm -hmm. which I'm really curious about how that came to be, you know, what that means. So Donna hosts group workshops. She does international retreats, and she works privately with individuals using her natal chart readings. She is a spiritual counselor and shares all of her tools for personal and spiritual growth. She also teaches about astrology in live groups, private groups, parties, even Zoom. Hello, we have COVID here, right? We're all on that now. Right? Mm -hmm. And she actually, this I think is fascinating, you studied archetypes with Carolyn Miss, who we actually love Carolyn Miss. Mm -hmm. And so you, you do so much. And it's pretty amazing all the things that you've done. The cool thing is, is that I first met Donna when she was one of our very first volunteer docent teachers for Growing Great. If you've been following us and listening to us, Growing Great is the school garden nutrition ed nonprofit that I co-founded 20 years ago. And Donna was one of our very first lead docents. Mm -hmm. And then Meg and I really jumped on the bandwagon when we first heard about Unwrap Your Soul and really wanted to, you know, individually do work with you 
on this personal growth, this transformation, and just really kind of working on relationships. You know, we're really big on relationships. And then in the past, I've given all of your natal readings to the whole family. All the girls had natal readings. Tim had natal readings. And, you know, what we so love about astrology is that it gives this eye-opening window as a parent with this tremendous insight into not only myself, my partnership, but my kids. And that's what I think is so fascinating to see how we really are all connected, which is so cool, right? So we're so excited and blessed to have our dear friend, expert astrologer, spiritual counselor, Donna Flood with us today. So welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is so so sweet. (laughs) It's amazing hearing. I love hearing the transition of the evolution of people's lives and really stepping into your soul's purpose and what you're here to do. And I love my mom for really always introducing us these tools from a very young age. And I remember the first time getting one of your readings, just being so fascinated for the, like, not for the first time, but for being so deeply seen and understood for things where, for us not having known each other so well yet now, years later, I can say like, you, I feel we've worked together for a while. So, you know, you know me, but when I first got that, having being able to tell so much about somebody based off of where the stars were placed when they came into this world. And also not just that, because it can sound kind of esoteric and hard to grasp, but it's really scientific and really getting to understand that it's not just those cosmo astro like love matches that that it's about. Like, that's what I grew up with. I always love being like, oh, cancers are great with other water signs and they don't work with fire <laughs> signs. And I remember the first couple of times asking you to read a guy's sign that I liked. And you're like, well, Megan, it's kind of hard to do if you don't have their birth time and this. And it's and you explaining that it's just so much more than that. It's not definitive. It's not like this means this. It's really just under getting to understand somebody's essence better and working with that. So I'm so curious, how did you discover astrology? How did you come to find it from going from sports medicine and kinesiology and then coming into this piece? Mm. Uh, Yeah. So I didn't know a whole lot about astrology uh, until after my first daughter was born. So she was born on the first day of Leo, July 23rd. And uh, when I was pregnant and everyone asked, when's your due date? And, and then they would say, oh, I was due on the 22nd. Oh, well, hopefully you're early and you'll have a cancer. And, <laughs> and so there's already this, I was already predisposed to believing that cancer was better than Leo. And I didn't know much about mothering. So then I had this Leo child. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with her? So I started to study about Leos and what their needs are. And then I discovered that children are actually more their moon sign than their sun sign. And so I had her charts done and And then I started, it all started, I started to study on my own. And then I studied under this woman, Rose Marcus in Canada, who ran the evolutionary school in Canada. 
and uh, and it all went from there. And it really, what I learned from studying astrology is not just what my children's needs are and what they're made up of, is I learned about myself and I learned about the, the astrological makeup is all archetypes. So I, you learn the archetypal energies within everyone and that we're all different, but we're all connected, like mm. you said. And that's what fascinates me. And that's, that's my, my moon is in Aquarius. So that's Aquarians love to see how we're all different, yet we're all connected. And Aquarius rules astrology as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been, it, it, in the beginning, I used it personally and as a hobby and for friends and family. And then it, uh, I, when I went back to work after I did my master's in spiritual psychology, I was going to tie it in with fitness and weight loss. And I just wanted to do everyone's charts because <laughs> it's just, a, as you said, it's a cheat sheet. It's like, you know, we can move ahead much faster if, if I just do your reading and, uh, yeah. I love that. So when you say faster, you mean in like our personal growth? Like yes. we can get a jump start in doing better, being better? Yeah. And, and as you said, uh, Megan, it is scientific. It's, uh, the planets are patterns. They're, they're, they're patterns that are predictable. I have, I can look up where Pluto's going to be in 400 years from now or where it was 400 years ago. And we know the tides, their patterns. We, as humans, we're pattern-loving, pattern-attracted beings and creatures. Mm -hmm. We love patterns. We love following the weather. We love following the calendar and the economy and looking back at our patterns and looking forward at our patterns, at our behavior patterns. So these are mathematical patterns, but they are much like math and the weather is science and predictable. It, it does have leeway. And yes. astrology and the planets are a symbolic language. So our archetypes, so our tarot cards, so our numbers, they're all, there is symbolism within it. So there is translation in that s symbolism. So... I would love just for people that are not familiar with astrology, like a very basic definition that you would give, like an understanding of what you would describe that and as well archetypes, because you talk a lot about archetypes and I'm so just for people that might not be as familiar with this, why and what is it that you love so much or how would you just explain Or that? how do they go together? Like how mm -hmm. do they, the two come together? Uh, so numbers are archetypes, planets are archetypes. Uh, you, we archetype each other as, um, oh, you know, she's such a mother or she's a princess or he's a clown. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, archetypes have been around since the beginning of time. And that's how we understand each other. They're, they're energies that we sense in each other mm -hmm. and we all intuitively can read each other. And when you meet someone for the first time, you can intuitively pick up on two or three of their archetypes. And, and these energies are very much related to astrology. It works with the 12th house wheel as well. So we are made up of these energies. And your astrology chart, Megan's here, it's like a blueprint of your soul contract. It really wow. is a symbolic coding of your soul contract. And we, uh, so these are where all the planets were when Megan was born. And so if you look at this wheel and 
you put our soul contracts in our eighth chakra. So it's right up here above your head. Mm -hmm. When we engage in our our sun sign, when you're expressing your imaginative self, your um, gentle, intuitive, feeling self, your cancer qualities, when you're honoring your Capricorn needs of having goals and being a planner and having your ducks in a row, mm -hmm. I mean, this lights you up. You light up these energetic circuits. This is like a headlamp. And wow. then you see your path in front of you. Our destined path is already there. So people go to mediums and psychics and astrologers and it's, I, I don't know what to do. What should I do? What, when is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? And that's our ego wanting to know. But really, you already know. You just need to light yourself up. I love that. I mean, how many times have you met with me being like, I just want to be with my partner. Like, <laughs> I am such a sucker for love, you all. Like, I <laughs> don't know about you. Like I said, I mean, like I said, my intro to astrology was reading the love, the little love <sighs> predictions. I just, I love it. Yeah. And I just love getting to know, maybe there's somewhere in my chart about that, like partnership or something, lack thereof. But I just, I love that so much of using it as a tool to really understand what lights you up. And you have all that information from when you entered this planet. And it's so simple. It really is simple to just break down the sun, moon, and rising signs. And I love that because so often people think, well, I'm a cancer. My, my birthday is July 18th. So like, that's what I am. But what you gave insight to the other signs that really like explain your true self, your deeper self, because there are times where I'm like, yeah, I'm a cancer and I'm super emotional, but I also like, I need plans. I need organization. I thrive off of this, mm -hmm. or I do have some Leo in me. And it's like, when you learn all of the different planets and all the different astrological signs that you embody, it makes, it helps again, paint the picture that just more detailed. Well, and what I understand from what I'm hearing from both of you too, it's really becoming your true, your truest whole self. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm a tourist, but that's just one piece of me. Mm -hmm. And the very sign that I was like, no, I don't want to be a Gemini. I don't want any friends that are Gemini. They're so mean. I have Gemini. So it's like there's parts of who we are that we get to know about through these natal readings that are this this so insightful of going, wow, okay, I get to look deeper. And from that, it it actually builds a sense of confidence and mm -hmm. self-esteem in yourself because now it's like, oh, it's all laid out. Well, I'd say compassion too, because I think oh, yes. for you understanding, like especially as a parent, understanding your children's charts, it gives you that compassion to understand like, okay, this is something instead of looking at it as like a negative, it's just what is and how you can handle like an, an extremely emotional or sensitive child being mm -hmm. aware of that. And instead of, I think with parenting, it's always like, I feel like as we age and as we get older and in life, we're always trying to understand ourselves better. At least I know we are and getting <laughs> to understand like, what is our purpose? Why are we here? Who am I? Like, why am I here? Like all these questions, I think, especially as children. And so as you're growing up and there's certain tendencies that you have that might not be as understood or you're, you're learning yourself, I think this tool of being able to have a parent to be like, oh, like this makes sense. And like allowing them the child to accept who they are more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a little... 
Yeah. <laughs> so much as I know. I was like, I, keeping up with you. Okay. So let's, yeah, the parenting aspect. And it's, it's, it allows you to not take everything so personally. So absolutely, our parenting has a place in it and our environment, but they also have their own makeup. And you are not going to likely give birth to replicas of yourself. So <laughs> their needs are different than your needs and their gifts are different than your gifts. And when we can look at it impersonally, uh, it, it, it really is helpful. And, it, and it's so helpful for me as a parent was also really powerful was to, to see that they have their own journey. And I cannot, whatever challenges are in store for them, it's, I, I can, I, you know, I, I kept them in this bubble and protected it here, but they found it somewhere else. And it's not all up to me. It's, they, they have their destined path. So is that part of their soul's journey then, mm-hmm. all throughout their life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So within this, I can see in the planets Pluto and Chiron and Saturn and Venus and your North Node, it's it's where your soul's been and and your patterns and your lessons and, and where you're going. So it goes deeper, mm-hmm. deeper than that. But one of the best ways to use astrology is just, it's easy for you to find out what your sun sign is, your moon sign and your rising sign and be that. As you, we keep saying is, is know thyself, know thyself. And, and uh, Pythagoras said, know thyself and thou shalt know the universe and God. Uh, Socrates said, an unexamined life is not worth living. Love and that. the uh, Yahweh said, I am that I am. It, it's, Jesus said, know thyself. Buddha, I, I mean, Dolly Parton said, find out who you are and do it on purpose. Yes. And this mm. is, it's the most empowering thing you can do. And it is, it's becoming whole. The circle represents wholeness. And the circle is the most powerful symbol we have. It's Never the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. It is the astrology chart. It, um, it is our soul contract and it is, it's a very powerful thing. So becoming whole, taking in all these parts of yourself, not just your sun sign and owning it all. And it's so fascinating how we disown and dislike the parts of ourself. Like you said, the Gemini. And I did the same. I was like, Ooh, I don't know about the Leo. Meanwhile, I found out I was Leo rising. I'm, I was disowning that part of myself. So can you explain that? Cause you're talking about the sun sign, the rising sign, the moon sign. How do those, yeah. How do they play into your identity and this contract and this, this understanding of everything? Sure. So the sun is, everyone knows understands the sun sign. That's where the sun was, what astrological sign it was in when you were born. So you know your Taurus and you know your Cancer. And so that's the sign most people know of. And that is is given by the dates. Um, the sun is our, it's like a solar energy. It's like this fire we receive in our heart. And it's what really lights us up. And, and really it feeds our conscious self, our personality. So there's a great deal of energy that comes in to through our sun sign. And this alone, everyone knows. You don't have to have a reading or know your birth time. You know your sun sign. So this is an easy task. You can look at your sun sign and your qualities and engage in those and at least light up that part of yourself. Uh, and it's just the one part. So like when you're reading in a magazine, the astrology part of the magazine 
just has the sun sign. That's it. Yeah. And it's predicting the future and it's not really that accurate because it would need to know your right. It's actually most, usually when you're reading your forecast, you want to look at your rising sign would be more accurate than your sun sign. Good to know. I love that. Also, so, so basically what I'm gathering from this is the sun sign is how people see you. Really? Yes. Like, like you, it's it's part of what lights you up. Yeah. And so your qualities are there. Um, some essential qualities that you are meant to express your gifts and some needs are there. Mm -hmm. And the sun sign is so powerful. We actually engage in the opposite as well. Mm -hmm. So the natural law of balance is in play here. So you, you are a Taurus and your opposite sign is Scorpio. So you are actually part Scorpio. And what we notice is more often we engage in our shadow qualities of our opposite sign than even our own sign. So, uh, oh. and I married a Scorpio. Yes. <laughs> and so that's like, that reminds you to use those parts of yourself and he, and you remind him of his Taurus and your <laughs> mirror. That's the total mirror. Yeah. Of well, each what other. about me? I'm a Cancer and a Capricorn Moon. That's my opposite. So <laughs> it so it helps you having yeah. that you innately are engaging in both signs. Love it. So that's that's good. So our Moon sign mm-hmm. is where the Moon was when you were born, and the Moon sign changes about every three days. Okay, oh, so wow. the Moon goes through the that's the lunar calendar. So the mm-hmm. lunar calendar is so true comes from. Yeah, you the, think about how quickly you get mm-hmm. a full Moon and the new Moon every month. So it's every month. Going through every <laughs> every sign, sign to get until there. the next full moon, new moon. Yeah. So, what sign the moon was in when you were born uh, describes your emotional needs and your emotional self, and it is more um, of the energy of the moon sign energy is expressed as a child, and many astrologers believe that our moon sign was our sun sign in our past life. So that's oh. why, as a child, it's it's more easily expressed. So uh, for some people, their moon sign could be the same, or it could be something very different. You could be an Aries. Uh, My daughter is an Aries and she was a Virgo moon, very different. So she was not that fiery little child. She was more shy and helpful and sensitive. (laughs) So you can see the difference. So most of us don't know what our emotional needs are especially if you're a Capricorn moon (laughs) or a Libra moon, uh, it's hard to know what your emotional needs are. And uh, so knowing your moon sign is a great go-to for your emotional needs. So yours is Aries moon, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you need time alone, but you also need adventure. Adventure is what gets you out of a rut. (laughs) And so when you're feeling out of balance, whereas someone else, um, Megan needs her ducks in a row, you know? So we all have different emotional needs and that sort of can be where you go to for your reset. I always look at my sun, moon rising when I'm in a funk and look at what I'm not engaging in, what needs aren't being met. And it can be enough to light me up so I can see my way out of it, whatever challenge I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Wow. A rising sign is the sign in the first house of your chart. And it's determined by the time of your birth. So this wheel is like a clock. So all of these planets would rotate essentially every two hours. So 
approximately every two hours, your rising sign changes. The rising sign is considered the dawn of your life. It's the birthing. It's the moment mm -hmm. of your birth. Mm -hmm. It's really your dawning. And many astrologers describe it as the mask you wear. And a lot of people know it as your external self, your mask, your outer self. So it has this falseness about it. But it is the most important sign to engage in to get to know your soul on a deeper level. Masks have been around since the beginning of time. Tribal masks, makeup, costume, masquerade balls. We love masks. Halloween. So we, when masks. we're in a mask, we feel safer. I mean, right now, COVID masks. COVID yeah. feel safe. <laughs> masks allow you to feel safe. And mm -hmm. then other parts of yourself can be expressed. So... When we are wearing our mask, our heart can speak. We don't feel we're, we're um, engaging so much in the mind and the ego. It allows the heart and soul. So just think about it. Halloween. What do people like to dress up as for Halloween? Women like to be provocative mm -hmm. because Halloween is a safe place to express that part of ourselves, that sexual nature that we so have. So true. And men so like to dress up as women. Yes. <laughs> because they can express the feminine part of themselves that normally isn't very safe to dress up as. So yeah. masks really serve a purpose. And the mask, our rising sign, tends to be the one that often I find with my clients that is denied. For myself personally, I, I knew I was denying that Leo part of myself. And you found was for you the... Um, Gemini, I've had in classes and workshops, I even had one person walk out crying, but I've had a few people cry when they found out their rising sign. That is my ex. That is the person I hate. I hate that sign. Exactly. Just, and that was me too. Before I even had kids, I said, I do not want any Geminis. They were the meanest girls mm -hmm. in junior high with me. And I have two Geminis and I'm a Gemini. And Auntie Goldie's a Gemini. So I have Geminis all around me, and I've learned to love them, actually. And love yourself. And love myself. That's what I think That's is how the, you become whole. Yes, it's that compassion of these things. Like you said, like you hear, like these preconceived notions that might not even be ours, but we're like being shown by people being like, oh, Gemini's two-sided. It's too much. They're not nice. Or like Leo, it's like Cancer's better than Leo. It's so interesting. The more that you get to learn about them is it is, I, I think it just all comes back to compassion and loving ourselves and really understanding that no one is better than the other. And I think, especially with, I know in, in the beginning of all of the Black Lives Matter parade, like the, the protests and all the things that were happening, I saw this thing about like the roles that people fit which is kind of similar to like what you're talking about with Max, that you can feel safe and mm -hmm. in your thing. And just really understanding that each astrological sign plays such an important role for others to shine their brightest. And every role that we have is really allowing us to be our truest self. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there's a quote and I'm going to, I'll try not to uh, mess it up. Howard Thurman who's a, a speaker, writer, um, civil rights, do you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he says, don't try to be what the world needs. Try to be what brings you alive, what makes you alive. What the world needs 
is more people who are alive. I Lit love up. that. This. Be, and I, yeah, because not all of us are advocates and fighters and warriors. Some of us are mothers. I loved when they had the mother line. I mean, That's it's right. some are just holding compassion. It's we, we all have our place in it. The healers, the storytellers, the you there's every mm-hmm. role is so important, which again, it kind of it goes back to these archetypes you're talking about, mm-hmm. which I just I love. So when you started astrology, you then started learning more about these archetypes, which then led you to study them further? Yeah. So so archetypes are, as I said, are within mm-hmm. astrology. So the first archetypes that we can go back, trace back to is mythology. So mm-hmm. all the gods and goddesses, they each god and goddess represents an archetype. Mm-hmm. So Mars, Aries is the warrior, and Hades is Pluto, and so they're all actually planets. And these stories were developed so we could all relate to all these different archetypes, find parts of ourselves and parts of others. Writers know archetypes. These are these are all classics. They're in uh, sitcoms. They're in classical movies. They're in every story. And they understand, and that's why we love like watching something like Friends, and you see, oh, I'm a little bit Rachel, and tomorrow I'm Monica, and we see ourselves. These are the archetypes we see in each other. So archetypes are a little, what I love about them is they're they're like snowboarding compared to skiing. Astrology is a difficult language to learn, Mm -hmm. although I love teaching it, and I highly recommend learning it. The simple, I've have a, a simple way of teaching it and tools to how to use it. But archetypes are are something that you already understand. You already understand the language. So the archetype of the mother, the archetype of the queen, the archetype of... Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we had them in our family. I mean, we had all the archetypes, you know? It was like, I, I would say Alex was the queen you know, Megan was my cherub. She was my angel. Sam was mm. the princess and Annie was the prince. You know, it was mm. like they, everybody had those archetypes that we did. I'm most curious too of, you know, you talk about this holistic healing and at the ages of around six to eight, you know, you said that's a very significant time. Oh, yes. Yeah. So somewhere around six to eight for most of us, we become aware of how others are receiving us, how others see us. And so we start to to respond to that and dismember the parts of ourselves that we judge aren't good. Someone told us we were too sensitive or too weird or too geeky, too smart, too, you know, um, those are common ones. So we dismember. It's like it's like taking off your arm. It's like taking off your legs. Uh, someone who uh, over-identifies, I'm a writer. I don't need my legs. You take them off. But th- then you have these gaping wounds. So healing is becoming whole again and taking back these parts of ourselves. It, it, is it an acceptance? Is that what it is? It's like learning to accept those parts of you. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of growth and wisdom. I think we go through childhood wanting to please our parents and our teachers and then our friends and coaches. So we have all these influences and particularly middle school and high school. Um, Very few people really know who they are. They've 
dismembered a lot of parts of themselves <laughs> trying to fit in and not get bullied or whatever. Um, and so um, this this is these are wounds. These are the wounds the greatest wounds we all have. So then we go through life and usually it takes people till they're in their thirties or forties and then go, who the am I? Who, who the fuck am I? We can use Peg's favorite word. Okay. That's a very powerful word. In yes. Yeah. So yeah, like who the fuck am I? And so it, it's, it's then discovering and astrology is a helpful tool. And it goes, is this patterns? Because I'm looking at the age of six to eight and then 30. And I do know, I mean, I just am at, like exiting my Saturn return. I had a long one, people, let me tell you. <laughs> it was a long one. I survived. I told Donna when I, she first sat down and like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> My life feels like it's crumbling. Everything I do not understand. Everything just feels so hard right now. And she's like, welcome to your Saturn return. And I was like, but I had a really good mindset. I was like, I have the gloves on. I'm ready to do the work, dig deep, figure it out. It doesn't have to be so scary. But I think, is that like a pattern, like certain planets enter your chart every so often? And these are these like kind of the rumbling it up and making you kind of look deeper into these things, these times, these periods in your life where it gets brought to your consciousness. Yes. So yeah, this is your natal chart. This never changes. Yeah. This is who you are and this is the energy you're working with. But there is another wheel of planets moving around us all the time. The moon is here, Pluto's there. And so we get these transits and energies working with our chart and working globally quite, you know, we, we all feel the full moon a certain way. We're all feeling this Saturn Pluto conjunction, which is the 2020 mayhem that we're in. So, but we're all feeling it personally as well. And we go through these transits like your Saturn return, which are great, big, huge, and they give us opportunities for growth. So the, this is a Kronos wheel, so it doesn't change. The Kairos is the transiting planets around us. And that's us. the outer? Outer wheel. So that's, the inside wheel is what is your birth chart. And then the one that's on the outside is where the, the planets are currently in the sky. And so then there's choice. Mm. So we do have, you can say, this is right now, Jupiter's in my seventh house. I have... Uh, opportunities to meet the love of my life. This is a good year to get married. Are we talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> she hopes and prays you are. Or, or you can have Saturn there, which is challenging your relationships. So you have choices, but doesn't matter whether Jupiter's there or Saturn's there. You have choices yeah. within it on what you're going to do with that. So astrology helps us not just understand ourselves, but it helps us understand the cycles of the universe and the cycles of life that we're going through. And is this also how you say you can, it's the the patterns that we can predict based off of this, because mm -hmm. you can kind of see, you can enter in these mathematical equations to mm -hmm. predict where the sky will be, the stars will be in the sky. Yeah. So these patterns, so, and, and it's not, um, astrology is very good at predicting and we can predict the patterns, but again, it's a symbolic language. You're going through a growth. You mm -hmm. are going through in your Saturn return, you're going through from being uh, focused on yourself to focused on others. You're going 
from a child to an adult. This mm -hmm. is at age 29 is when you become an adult astrologically. So um, th uh, these patterns are predictable. How it's going to show up, there's, there's, there's a lot of other interference as well. So it's, it's your choice is the biggest biggest part. But but astrology helps I I I find it helps people understand that this is happening for me not to me. Why you know why is this all happening? Why is this all happening to me? It's happening for you. It's an opportunity all of them even our challenging cycles are opportunities for growth. And this is this is uh how we can look at time and life uh, since I've been studying astrology, I don't look at age. I don't look at time linearly. When you do, you go off a cliff. You look <laughs> at zero to 90, then death. So I look at it in cycles. So you had your first Saturn cycle. You know, you have a 12-year Jupiter cycle. You have a 50-year Chiron cycle. So when I'm doing readings my husband will often ask, oh, so he, he doesn't know who I'm doing readings for or anything, but he's like, he, he likes to be in the know. He's like, how old are they? I'm like, I don't know. He, he's always amazed that I don't know how old people are. <laughs> and I'm like, well, all I do know is if you are in, I'll know you might be around 50 because I know you're in your Chiron cycle. Ah. Uh, but if it's someone in their 30s and they're not in a major cycle, I have no idea how old you are because I'm not paying attention to that. And I love that because it really helps us and it really helps understand that challenging cycles happen and great cycles happen. And it's you can have a challenging cycle and a positive cycle all at the same time. And sometimes <laughs> you get three great cycles together and, and that's just life. And, and it's okay. Embrace the good times and, and celebrate and have so much fun and, and just feel the blessings and feel gratitude when it's great. And then when the challenges come, just be okay. This sucks, but I'm going to work at it and, and not try to be focused on when it's going to end. Well, and I have to say that right there is... To me, like, I'll call you up and I'll go, Donna, I'm feeling this way. And you go, you're always amazed that right around the, you know, moons, mm -hmm. I'm always like, okay, I'm coming in. I need to know exactly what am I wishing for again for my, you know, if it's, you know, planting new seeds and this is what I'm feeling and this is what I need help with and guidance. You always show up. And I guess I'm always showing up at the right time because you're always amazed. <laughs> You know, because we celebrate, you know, Megan and I both, we really do the um, full moon rituals where we're, you I know, releasing. Just, yeah. And we, then the new moon rituals where we plant the seeds. Mm -hmm. I think with all of the, it's, it's, I love how you break it into cycles. I mean, mom, you raised us learning about the solstices, learning mm -hmm. and understanding about the changing of the seasons and really embracing that, which is astrology and all of that. It's these cycles that are naturally happening within our lives every day. It's the cycle of the sun rising to the sun setting. It's a cycle of the moon changing from a new moon yeah. to a full moon. It's the cycles of wherever we're at in our lives. And I think I love how you focus instead of the number of what it is, it's mm -hmm. what cycle am I in right now? And I love that you said that not focusing on when is it going to end, but being present in it. I've been talking a lot about that and like being the authors of our own story and also understanding mm -hmm. that 
like right now with COVID, this is really intense and there's so much uncertainty, but instead of constantly figuring out like, or trying to, I mean, for me, I don't know if it's my Virgo rising or the Capricorn moon. I love thinking I can control things and that if the control will make me feel safer or understand it better. But I've been really leaning into this unknown and just appreciating this pause, appreciating this time spent inside reflecting and doing this that I might not have been giving myself. And that also understanding this cycle will end and a new cycle will come. It's not forever. Mm -hmm. And finding the blessings in this cycle. A hundred percent. We talk about that and we always kind of preface it first, like we're really, really sorry, but we see purpose in this. Yeah. This purpose, it's not about when the vaccine comes or we, gosh, I can't wait for this to end. It's no, I'm, I'm so happy to be in this and doing this work as hard and as challenging at times as it may be. I'm getting a lot of lights up, you know, with a lot of things in the life. Yeah. So, um, I want to really talk about this as we're talking about COVID too, because you shared with me, we are in this birth canal right now. Mm. And I feel so much birth happening because of the cookbook that I've been working on for 11 years. It's in its birth canal. It's, you know, it's so close and it's been, you know, birthing is, can be very painful and hard and challenging. Um, And so but the way you explain it as this age of Aquarius that we're entering and what COVID is representing, I thought was fascinating. And this is a global cycle, correct? Yeah. So this is almost a topic we could do a whole other talk on. But mm-hmm. on January 12th, we had a transit with the planets Pluto, the evolutionary planet. The um, it, it creates change and growth through destruction meeting Saturn, uh, the planet of structures and the government and the economy and um, (laughs) rules and limits, they met at exactly 22 degrees Capricorn. And the sun was also there at 22 degrees and Mercury and Ceres, the asteroid for Mother Earth and health. It was a very powerful, we get these transits where they meet in opposition or conjunction together every 19 years. And the last time they met in opposition was August of 2001 and November in 2001. So full body chills. I don't know about I you guys, too. but 2001, that was, that was 9-11. Yeah. Right yeah. Around so there. it can go back a hundred years. It was always very powerful. And it was always, what happens is it's a year or two leading up to polarization. It creates polarization. So it's like pulling, pulling, pulling. And that's where we see our weak points, where we're losing power. Mm-hmm. When you pull like an elastic band, you can see mm-hmm. where it's going to break. Yeah. And so then that's what creates change. So then the change, we're in the shifting of change. We are also, so that's one big thing that's happening. And so we're still feeling this transit for another year. We are also at the very end of the age of Pisces. And the exact year that we move into the age of Aquarius is debatable. It, it, it is somewhere between probably 2050 and 2100 uh, depending on who you speak to, but ages work in 
2,100 years, 2,100, around that, or mm -hmm. some say it's 2,050 years. So for the last 2,000 years or so, we've been in the age of Pisces since Jesus was born, Pisces representing uh, we must suffer and sacrifice in order to be good enough for God. And, um, but it also represented healing and compassion and love and unconditional love. Mm. Uh, but in that time is when all structured religions were developed. And they um, developed for their own, you know, it's, it started to become shadowy. Mm -hmm. And so now we're breaking all of that down. And, but we still need, what's happening is we're now a spiritually vacated world. You know, mm. there is, a, you know, a lot of people have left the churches, but they are looking for a spiritual nourishment. We, we need that. So Age of Aquarius is, is ushering that in, the new, that is open to beyond. It's like a much open-ended learning. And yeah, so because these ages are so long, the birthing canal is... Uh, um, a window, a hundred years. Yeah, long process to birth. <laughs> so it started in 1950. We started the birthing. Oh, wow. Okay. But right now we're in an intense part. We're in the... We're in the we're crowning, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Are we crowning? <laughs> well, it's so interesting because the stuckness, you know, being in this process, it's like, you know, all of us, we're, we're stuck at home. Many people are not traveling. Many people are in fear. There's not a lot of social interactions. And what it's done is like it's taken us out of um, all the distractions that we've had over these years, whether it's social, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, just, I mean, well, we're all kind of watching a lot of TV these days, but it's also really forcing us to look within, mm -hmm. you know, because the shit's flying. The shit's coming up. You know, all of us haven't been stuck in the same house. You know, if you have a large family and you're in a yeah. two-bedroom apartment or a one-bedroom or whatever, I mean, shit's flying. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where the control comes. We cannot <laughs> control our outer experience. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of that. We mm -hmm. don't know when this is going to end. We don't know what's coming up. Mm -hmm. But what we can control is our inner experience and our inner self and work on that. So this is a beautiful blessing for that. There aren't distractions. So most of us have gone through our life feeling like, oh, I... I want this, I dream for this, I want to change, this is not me, and then get distracted. Whether it's social, over-scheduling, overworking. Commitments that show up. Just constant <laughs> traveling, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, and just being busy, 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 and you don't have to feel, feel, feel. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. So uh, now, now we are. I feel like what a perfect time too to like dive deep on your own astrology and really get to be aware of that. I mean, yeah. this has been such an amazing conversation and truly scratching the surface. Like you said, we could do an entire episode on this birthing into the age of Aquarius. We could do an entire episode, I'm sure, on each and every single astrological sign and you so beautifully share every 
new moon and full moon, your astrological reports. If you guys sign up on unwrapyoursoul.com, you can get on Donna's mailing list and get all of her updates, her monthly updates, and all of these big days that, as my mom shared, when these big things come up, we are always looking to Donna being as a guide to help us really focus our thoughts, our dreams, our wishes. And again, it's that cycle of checking in with yourself each month of, a little reflection, what has come up, what what have I moved through and what do I want to call in in this next coming month? And I feel like now all of us can use so much support to just maintain our well-being and health and mental health. And this uncertainty is just getting to know yourself better is such a great way to have a little bit of control. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's it's, it's what you can control. It is. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. I mean, my mom has always taught us this. She's like, you know, watch your reactions because the only thing that you can control in situations is yourself. So as long mm -hmm. as you just keep yourself in control and to the best of your abilities, like that's, that's all we have. Mm -hmm. And getting to know yourself is such a beautiful way of that deeper understanding and knowing your emotional triggers or your how you are like more likely tended to react or to feel and all of the different things. Those and are like your shadows. We're talking here, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know your shadow, you can't manage it. It's like, oh, that's so true. Right. If you don't, how do we manage ourselves? So it's really owning. Oh yeah. That, yeah, I can do that. I recognize me. <laughs> I love it. I see that. <laughs> it's so good. I you, mean, you behave gosh. there, get back in here. <laughs> I know you. So Donna is being so generous and she's actually gifting one lucky winner, a natal chart reading, which is a one hour review to go over it as well. This is typically $275 and we're so excited excited to gift this to one of you to kind of begin your astrological deep dive. So in order to enter, you have to subscribe, rate and review this podcast and send us a screenshot to at make life delicious on Instagram, or you can send it to Curry Girls Kitchen, um, either or to find it. And to follow Donna, you can follow her at unwrap your soul on Instagram. Correct. Yeah. Go to unwrapyoursoul.com. Her workshops have are amazing. I've been to numerous of them. Me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to do a fun, like how fun would it be right now to get your family together and do a little chart reading and- Oh, a Zoom family group too. Yeah, I mean, Donna's done Girl charts nights. on top of each other. Pegs and I have had our charts read in synced with each other. You can do that with a romantic partner, as I've said. <laughs> love, love. <laughs> There's so many fun ways to be able to connect with Donna further and just absorb her knowledge and begin to integrate it into your life. Because I know for myself, this awareness has just brought so much more acceptance, love, peace. Compassion. So mm. much peace and understanding, yeah, yes. to to my life, and just I'm so grateful for you. Mm, so me grateful, too. and I hope that we'll come back. If you guys have like questions for her, reach out to Donna, and yeah, I just thank you for sharing your time with us and Aww. just skimming the surface. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. I love sharing this information. I I really my little girl wish is that everyone learns this. It's, it's really important information and valuable mm -hmm. for everyone to have. And, 
and you two are testament to it because you're you're taking it all in and you are so in tune with the cycles as you said you come to me I'm like you you already know you you're already feeling it you already are in tune with it yeah and the work that you do has helped so many people and we are so grateful thank you Donna yes thank you you make our life delicious. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes. So well, thank you all. We'll see you next week in another delicious episode. <laughs>